Yes, hello and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. And we talk every week about the reality of running property businesses. Simon owns buy to lets and created Patma, a leading portfolio management software system and a source of property market insights. And Stuart runs a portfolio of co-living properties with a six-figure turnover. And as always, quick request before we get into the show today, if you haven't yet joined our email tribe, please do. The link is in the show notes below. Just click there and add your details and we'll add you to the link. We do have finally some onboarding emails and the intention is that very shortly we will start sending out some market insights that um, are created actually by Patma, but will be of use to anyone considering or in property investing. So uh, yeah, just reach out to the link in your show notes below and you can join our BOP tribe. So today's subject of conversation is around Simon's property investment. And those of you that have listened over the last few weeks, probably months, will know that Simon has been in the process of buying and has completed on his next property investment. So I think we should just get straight into it, Simon, in terms of let's outline what you were looking for in terms of financials and property. And we're going to then going to talk about what Simon actually got. And then we're going to find out if Simon's actually happy with that. So Simon, let's talk about what you were looking for. Well, first of all, you, you mentioned that whether people have been listening for the last few, few weeks or months and or in, in preparing for this, this recording, I was thinking, how, how long ago was it that I, I actually started this purchase? And I thought it mu- must be at least a year. And I looked it up. And, and it all started with the, the sort of first offers last June. So it's wow. not quite been a year. So it feels a bit longer than it has been, but, but it has still been quite a while. So uh, what was I looking for? I was looking for a simple, relatively hands-off, buy-to-let investment that would provide a, a, a steady return. Not, not super exciting, just a, a good place to, to store some, some money and not lose value over, over the long term and, and hopefully have some income along the way. Back then, if, if you can remember, that the property market was, was going a bit crazy. Everything was a bit hot. Things were selling in days or, or weeks at the most. And finding anything to buy was actually quite difficult. And interest rates back then were still also really low, although we, we could see that increases were probably coming up. And that, I think, made me look at lower returns as being fairly acceptable, but, but not, not crazy low. And it also meant that I was looking for property deals a bit more than perhaps I, I might normally be, because the market was, was a bit too hot to, to be going in on, on everyday properties that were coming up and selling really quickly. So I was looking for properties that had fallen through and might have a, a more motivated seller. And I was also looking for properties that, that weren't too expensive. So one of the ways that that was, that was sort of coming up and things I was looking for is properties that often needed a bit of refurbishment. I, I wasn't, wasn't too afraid to, to go in and do some painting and, and some other bits and pieces. And as it turned out in this one, a little bit more. But yeah, so... Standard, buy to let, simple, steady returns over the long term, and 
given the the market at the time, the, the returns didn't need to be super exciting, just reasonable. And the the property itself, I was looking for sort of a, a bit of a a bit of a bargain, and I was trying to find that through refurbishment and fall throughs. Okay, so I think um, obviously let let's talk about numbers. So when we talk about what we're looking for. Let's talk about the numbers. But before we did that, I just had one question, because I think this is quite pertinent to anyone that is thinking about the same approach. And it's quite interesting, I think, for for investors that you'd already highlighted, actually, I'm going to look through fall throughs. And we know that you can use Patma for that. So little plug there to do that. My question is, what did you think made you the right person or buyer to, to kind of you know, profit from that situation. So what put you in a good position? Because other people might say, well, I'd look for fall throughs, but then if I'm going to buy it the same way, I, if I'm going to buy it on a mortgage, would I be any better or worse? So what, what do you, did you felt put you in a better light? I think I would hope that I could, could move relatively quickly. We can discuss whether that turned out to be the case or not, but uh, that would be my hope going into it, that I know what I'm doing. If it's if it's a property I want to go for, then then I can, can move fairly quickly. I've got reasonable, or I had <laughs> reasonable deposit uh, available. So if well, I, I couldn't have done it without a mortgage, but I had some flexibility around the, the exact mortgage levels and things like that. So so yeah, a, a reasonably strong position to be buying from, but but certainly not the best. I mean, I, I was not a cash buyer by any means. So, so yeah. And do you know, um, last question, because I think the numbers are the interesting bit for, for the, for, to get an understanding of what your thinking was before you went into this, but did you know the person that fell through was a um, residential buyer as opposed to an investor buyer? Uh, as in the, the, the person who was going to be buying the property that I ended up buying, you mean? Yeah. I think they're a residential, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. Okay. So Actually, I, I can add that I do know they were going to be paying an awful lot more than I paid. Very, very interesting. Okay. So what was your target purchase price range and what were the sort of yields that you were looking for ROI? So my, my price was really decided by the, the, the money that I could put into it, the, the investment. And I was hoping at that point to be able to purchase two properties with the, the funds I had. L- longer term listeners will remember that a few years back, I sold a, a property and I had, I had equity that came out of that property that was available for, for reinvestment in, in new properties. And that combined with some other funds, but my intention was to purchase two new investment properties to replace the one that was sold. And hence, that, that was sort of really my, my driving factor on price i wanted to take take the deposit money i had or the investment money i had it wasn't it doesn't obviously just go on deposit it goes on stamp duty and all the rest and i was dividing that by two so uh, as as we will dig in plans change over time but that that was my my plan going in and when i first looked at this property I was expecting to be putting in a total investment of just under 140,000, which was within that, that 50% bracket that, that I'd sort of set myself. But, but it was relatively close to it, but, but yeah. Okay, and so what, what, what yields were you targeting with that? So this, this one is, is a bit sort of 
more complicated to answer. So the the yield in, in the estimates that I put together when I when I was considering my offer for this property, the the yield and ROI estimates come out at a five percent yield and about a three point three percent ROI, which was sort of in my bracket of acceptable. I didn't have a a strict limit on here. I mean, I, I know some people will say never look at a, an investment that's less than ten percent yield or less than five percent ROI or w- whatever their cutoff is. And and I I did not and and do not have a a strict cutoff on on any of these things. My my real intention was just that it would not do significantly worse and may even do slightly better, but certainly not do significantly worse than holding the cash and putting it in a savings account. And at the time, 3% ROI was better than you would get in a savings account, a lot better. As I said, things change over time, but but that's where we were back then. Okay, so I guess the curtain lift is what you did actually spend and where it came out in the end against your projections and, yeah, what what your feelings are. Right, so, <laughs> so as I said, this was... I purchased this, or I agreed to purchase this back in June last year, and that process went through a sort of couple of iterations. So the the property was on the market for four hundred thousand, and my first offer after I'd been to visit and had a look around and things was three hundred fifty thousand. They came back, and we went through a, a, a couple of sort of iterations of of negotiation, and the agreed price we settled on was 360,000. So it was a lot less than than sort of the asking price, but in my view the asking price was what it would have been worth. Well in that market maybe slightly more but, but only very slightly. It mostly would have been what it was worth in a a fully fully fixed and nice looking state which is not the state that I found it in. So the the, the the property needed work, so the property generally looked like it it needed definitely a repaint. The previous owner clearly had had pets or a pet at least, and they were also a smoker. So the inside of the property smelt a bit and was discoloured and various other things. So it it needed it needed some some attention, and there was also the ensuite that was in really bad shape. So it was very mouldy and some of the walls, they're, they're just stud walls and things, but some of the walls were, were damaged, water damaged and things like that. So going, going into it, I'd gone around and I'd looked at it and I thought, okay, definitely need to replace the ensuite, need to repaint, might need to recarpet, might need to do something to the kitchen and things like that. And my my worst case budget so i wanted to to be buying this with with worst case in mind to make sure that it would work so my worst case budget was 30,000 pounds for the repairs and refurbishment and whatever else and and realistically i was thinking that that's worst case but i think probably 15,000 5,000 for new ensuite and then 10,000 to recarpet repaint some minor repairs bits and pieces like that so so i was thinking sort of 15,000, but worst case budget, 30,000. So the, the figures I mentioned earlier, the ROI and, and yield and things, are, are based on a, the worst case of 30,000. Simon, I feel like you're teasing us here. So what, what, did we, what, did, what did you actually spend? 
Oh, I, I'm, I'm not sure I should reveal that yet. That, we need to keep people listening to the end. I think we should just, just talk generally and, and then just in the last 10 seconds mention the actual number. <laughs> <laughs> okay, may, maybe not. So what did I actually spend? Hmm, not sure I actually want to confess this really. <laughs> Good. Well, that it sounds like we're going to get some juicy, juicy, juicy knowledge here. <laughs> so, the the refurbishment took longer than expected. So there were incidental costs related to that. So we want numbers, Simon. So paying paying the mortgage, paying council tax, paying utilities, etc. And they are I'm not including those in this initial number. The actual refurbishment work ended up costing. Thirty-eight thousand pounds. <laughs> wow! So, so that was a little bit of an overspend. <laughs> <laughs> this, this dear listener, is why Simon was dragging this out because he actually didn't want to tell us that he was <laughs> basically twenty-five uh, percent over budget. Okay, so we went over budget there, and, and this is—I uh, should probably, while, I, while I'm making the confessions, I should probably also admit that it, it cost more to actually buy in the first place than expected as well. Because when I initially did my, my forecasts and things, I was expecting a, a 75% loan to value buy to let mortgage on it. And during the purchase process, so after I'd made the offer and had it accepted and was then sorting out the, the details of the mortgage, the lender that I wanted to use came back and said, well, actually, we don't want to give you 75%. We just want to give 65%. I mean, they, they had their reasons, but but we're not going to go to those today. But that, that's obviously a big difference. 75 down to 65. That's, that's a, a big chunk of extra deposit you have to put into the property. And I had to sort of go back to my figures and, and check that this, this worked and things. And there, there was another alteration at the last minute in the mortgage as well, which meant they were actually doing, offering that 65% on a lower valuation. But anyway, too many details. The end result is that I had to go back to my figures and decide whether I could still do this and I decided I could, but the total investment that I was putting in had gone from about 140,000 up to about 170,000. And bear in mind, this is still on, on my predicted worst case refurb of 30,000. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so in the end, and, and indeed the, the world had changed by the time I was making these decisions. So, interest rates were going up, mortgage rates had gone up. So one of the reasons why I was willing to stick with this 65% loan to value rather than shift to a 75% at a different provider was because I wouldn't get the, the same interest rate. I'd end up paying another percent or perhaps more on the interest rate. So, so yeah, that, it's, it's all sort of balancing one thing off against another. But the end result was that I stuck with the mortgage provider, accepted a lower loan to value, accepted that I put more cash into the deal and accepted that it meant I would not have as much capital to go again for, for a second property, which is, is still the situation that, that I'm in, in now. I think this is standard property for anyone that's been in property for any length of time. We, we, we say it because we know it's true is that, you know, whatever number you think you're going to spend, add more, however long you think it's going to take, add more time. And, and that's just simply property. So in terms of Getting down to the, the the nitty gritty parts of it, where did you get to in terms of the rental figure? In terms of what you th- what you actually 
now receive versus what you thought you were going to receive? And how did that transpire into the, your actual gross and net yields versus what you were hoping for? Okay, so th- this is where there's a little tiny bit of good news. <laughs> My estimated monthly rent when I put the offer in was 1500 And I thought that would be sort of uh, not, maybe not absolute top end, but I thought that would be sort of a good finish, good refurbishment, good quality, good rent. So it's not not necessarily top of the range, but it's certainly not bottom of the, the market either. So, so 1500 And then when I actually put it on the market to rent a month or so ago, I put it on for 1575 so £1,575 per month. So that was an uplift of £75. And demand was actually so high that I had multiple above-asking offers. And the one I ended up going for was £1,650 per month. So the, the actual rent I ended up achieving was £150 a month more than I was expecting in my original forecasts. Yeah, 10% higher, that's good. Indeed, that was, that was quite good to, to balance out some of the, <laughs> some of the other um, mistakes along the way. <laughs> so in the end, when you actually put all that back into the mix, so I put more money in, the refurb took longer, more expenses, the refurb costs itself more than I expected, deposit that went in more than I expected because of the reduced mortgage. So in the end, all of that was was much higher, but the rent is also now a bit higher. So allowing for all of that, my current expected, assuming nothing disastrous goes wrong, return on investment is actually 4.1%. So I, I haven't actually ended up doing too badly from the looks of that. And this is a per- property that was purchased in a limited company. So I'm, I'm including in that, it's, it's the first purchase in this limited company. So I'm including in that accountancy costs that will, in the fullness of time, be shared across multiple properties, but at the moment are all coming off this one property. So yeah, it, it, it has scope for getting better as well. And just quickly for those listening, uh, Simon talks about ROI and we're talking about yields and we also talk about ROC. If you, if you want to know what we mean by those terms, please just go back to episode 12, long, long time ago. But uh, we do sort of break down what, what we're talking about in those terms. So, so go back to that. So 4.1%, how did that match up against what you were originally hoping for? So my original estimate back in the long distant past was 3.3%-ish, which I mentioned earlier. And then when the mortgage issues came about and that moved figures around, because I had to put more capital in, it actually reduced the, the payments and hence my ROI actually went up a little bit. So it was actually three point, well, nearly 3.5% was my sort of predicted ROI at that point. And now, of course, it's actually turned out to be about 4.1% return on investment. So, so yeah, it's, it's not too bad. And just to sort of throw in an extra little tidbit, if you look at that after tax, in a limited company, you're only paying corporation tax, so that knocks it down to 3.3%-ish return on investment after the corporation tax if you leave the money in. And then if you were to take that money out as a dividend, then 
in, in, the, in the reality, that's probably not what you would actually do. But if you did take it out as a dividend and you were a high rate taxpayer, then you'd end up with a, a 2.1% ROI after all of the tax. So that, that's not actually too bad, really. And especially if you compare that to what you'd be looking at if you bought in personal name, you would have ended up with roughly a 1% after-tax return on investment. So it's um, definitely looking more positive for limited companies these days. And just to go, because I think, I think some of these figures are, so ROI, you know, I don't typically work with myself. But when we, I guess what a lot of people do would think about this in terms of this investment versus a another investment. So when we look at your figures, so for example, you, uh, you said £170,000 was the cash requirement to purchase, as in the, the money you needed to put in against the mortgage. Is that right? That, that was the pre-exchange, pre-completion expectation, yes. I then overspent on the refurb, so had to put in more in the end, but yes. <laughs> okay, so, so that was a total figure. So, so your total cash in, so the money that your limited company had to put in was? Um, just a smidge over 190000 in the end. Okay, so you've put £190,000 in, and then just sort of breaking this down. And can we talk about the net rental figure? Yes, certainly. So the the, the annual rent on £1,650 is £19,800. And I've got an annual mortgage cost of £9,170. I've got estimated other costs in there. This is some some service fees for the estate that the property's on and general sort of maintenance allowance and things of about 1,470 is what I put in. And then I've got accountancy costs for the, the company, which is £1,250 a year. And, and that all works out to, to be a, a sort of net rent income of £7,900, give or take, which is about £650-ish pounds a month. Yeah. So even now, though lots of things have increased, your, your figure of sort of 4.1%, 4.2% ROI or you know, what could just be considered a rate of return against that, in my mind at least, is still pretty good. And the the next and the next thing I think about and the reason why I guess we, we all have property is well it's twofold is we haven't yet talked about the uh, appreciation that the property will get over time because because obviously you buy for very long term, so at least twenty years, you know, if not if not longer. And we know that Typically, over time, that's that's going to increase. But the other thing that I I always like to look at because I have done a lot of, you know, my a lot of my numbers were return on capital employed because we were looking at increasing value. So not not just doing the refurbs that you've talked about, but obviously doing refurbs, adding on suites, increasing the quality of the property, so that actually we were forcing a greater value and then trying to get more capital out. But I find it quite interesting. So even if we think about so if we if we take away the, the money that you just needed for your deposit and your SDLT, so your your cash requirement, which which we worked out roughly was a you know with refurbishment and everything else, I think was around forty five thousand, for example. I had a quick look at that, and essentially your net rent, and obviously w- would pay that off in five point seven years. So that 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 would reduce your capital outlay which obviously then increases your rate of return ongoing. And that's obviously not 
accounting into the uh, consideration that uh, you know you may get a better mortgage at some time. The rent there may be a rental increase. He says with his tongue in his cheek. <laughs> Because <laughs> we know what we're like as as uh, as investors, we tend to to not poke the bear, but we we you know we definitely should. So actually, overall, that to me is looks like a you know a, a good in, a good investment because even four point one percent pre tax. But interestingly, when I just looked at the net yield, so which is your total value of purchase price. Sorry, so your net rent divided by the total purchase price was coming out at two point two. Now I know some people that say they don't get out of bed for less than five. So initially, some people might say that doesn't look great. What say you? Well, I I think that as you said, we would expect some capital growth, and probably in the long term, the capital growth would be above inflation, but it certainly shouldn't be less than inflation. So if I was to take this money and put it in a savings account, I would take that capital amount, put it in a savings account, and these days I might get a 4% return. So that's my return on investment, 4%. However, in 10 years, when I came to take that capital out of that account, it would still be exactly the same number that I put in. And I mean, yes, interest might compound and et cetera, et cetera, but let's assume not. It, the the end result is I get the same number back of pounds. Only those pounds are now worth significantly less than when I put them in because of inflation. However, when I've put taken those pounds and I've put them into a property, and we're going to ignore the effects of leveraging here because we're going to keep it a bit simpler, but those pounds will increase in value at least in line with inflation. So I get my 4% return, my 4% interest, if you like, from comparing to savings and the the capital value of the cash that i put in doesn't stay at the same number it does instead stay at the same value roughly maybe even higher in the long term and to to sort of counter that in the short term i purchased this house for 360,000 i then spent 40ish thousand pounds on refurbishment and looking after and things while it was being refurbished and in the current market i think it's probably valued at about 360,000 pounds at which point you might think well i've just lost 40 plus thousand and perhaps i have if i had to crystallize the value or at with the current value which thankfully i don't so my expectation is that i will hold it long term 20 years plus but for this illustration, I've just gone for, for 10 years and I have assumed that the value will fall further for the next couple of years, not significantly, but a little bit. And then I have assumed that the value will increase for the next eight years after that. And that would be at a, a rate of between three and four percent. So I've done, done some years of each. Allowing for that across the whole 10 years, the return on investment or the capital gain, perhaps I should say, is the capital gain. It's not return on investment particularly, but the capital gain would be over £50,000 and that would be at 2.8% roughly a year it works out. So so I don't think that's too shabby really. And it means that the total returns across monthly profit from rent 
and the capital gains would be running at over six percent. So yeah, I, I think I think the capital gains helps save the property in this particular area, and that's even allowing for its current value having gone down and some more drops and only fairly steady price increases after that. Historically, in this area, the annual house price growth for the last five years has been running at 6%. So, so I think my estimates are on the low side. Great. Well, I think, I think we know the answer to this then, because when we look at the numbers, even the fact that, you know, using your own view, it's possibly an overspend on the property. Actually, just in simple terms, if you put that money anywhere else, around 4% still sounds very good. But then when you supercharge it with, over the next 10 years, the capital appreciation, actually the investment gets better. And so that leads to the final question, Simon. Overall, are you happy with your investment? I, I'm a bit frustrated at the process uh, on multiple levels, including with myself in some, some areas, which we should probably dig into on another episode. But yes, yes, I am overall happy that this investment is is good and will work in in the long term so there you have it listeners we hope that the, you know this episode has really just brought to life you know the thinking process that simon has gone through and we go through when we, we're doing investments and and how that how we measure that and we may well have the therapy session that simon needs to get over some of his frustrations on a future episode if you would like to hear that do let us know just reach out to us at biz biz of property on twitter or drop us a line at show at the business of property.com hope you've enjoyed the episode if you have do leave us a rating or review and other than that we'll see you on the next episode <laughs>